if we can kind of control and really, I mean, like with the people that are close to you, don't let them get away with these things. Call them out on it. Someone says, oh, that's the worst. Like it's, it's not the worst. Like it's kind of, I'm, I wish it didn't happen, but mm-hmm. there's things that are worse. Yeah. Like you can just have those conversations. When someone says like, I have to, like, I get it. I'm kind of annoying to be around, but I'll say like, <laughs> you don't have to do that. Like I was down the Cape with some friends and like I, the, he said, I have to take my daughter and her friends out on the boat. Mm-hmm. I was like, you don't have to do that. You get to. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're annoying. <laughs> we are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing, never stopping. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. How are you, Ben? Good, Patrick. Good. Today we're going to do something a little bit new. Um, We've come up with a... uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite things that we do is the two minute drill here, which is a, a series of kind of random questions that people mm-hmm. send in and kind of force you to give an answer in within two minutes. So I really like that uh, collection, that randomness, for lack of a better term. So we've come up with a new a new show format, a new episode format that we're calling three by three, which is just um, your three thoughts on three different subject matters. Three by three makes sense. So I think it'll I think it'll make sense as we go through it. So I'm not going to overcomplicate it and, and explain it too much. So we're just going to dive right into the first one. And the first one is three limiting words. Okay. Um, so limiting words. This is obviously goes into one of the things I I feel very um, it is crucial, which is this inner thought, this inner coach, this inner monologue. It's what we're telling ourselves all the time. If you control your thoughts, you control your words, you control your words, you control your actions, and your actions dictate your future and who you become. So what we really need to do is kind of figure out what are those thoughts and words that we're saying. Paying attention to your language is so crucial. It's so vital. I believe it. it is an extension of everything that you're becoming. And if you can control that, it's not just semantics. And I talk about this with my family all the time when yeah. somebody says something, I call them out on it and I'll correct their 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 talk. Um, so here's the first one is one that we've talked about before and it's mm-hmm. one that um, is, is I feel is probably the most powerful, but these limiting words, um, the first one being like have to. Mm-hmm. Um, people say it all the time, like I have to go to the gym. I have to go to work. I have to cook dinner. I have to pick up the kids from school. And those are all things that you get to do. Like flip the script a little bit and man, what would people give up to be able to go to the gym every day, to be able to pick up their kids from school, to be able to go to a job, to be able to have the food to cook at dinner. Like those are, recognize the world of abundance you are living in these times. And by most metrics, it's the greatest time to be alive as a human being ever in the history of the world. And you saying like, you have to do these things is almost disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And if we can shift that script and say like, I get like people say like, I get to go pick up the kids from school today. Like what a little kind of like, wow. Like I, and today is one of those examples. Like I get to go pick up my son Bodhi from camp today. I get to do that. It's like a really cool opportunity I get to do today. And I really believe that. And then when Heather comes home, it's like, she gets to cook us dinner. Like Mm -hmm. that's focusing on these words is really important. It moves the needle for us as human beings. And it's, 
don't don't um, underestimate its impact. Yeah, this is something that I've I learned from having worked with you that I, I completely agree. One of the things that I do that I try to do often is because I, I get um, I get to work at home yeah. and I have a little two year old, so he's there a lot. And so I I try. I don't always do it, but I try when I tell him, you know, I'm going to the office. I say I get to go to work now. Or when I come down here, I say I get to go. You know, I get to go to Natick, whatever it is, and just having that in your mind like he doesn't yeah. get it yet yeah but when he grows up and and starts to hear that that that's the standard of language that we use to talk about work or to talk about you know whatever yeah. it is these things like i'm ex i'm excited to have been exposed to that early enough that hopefully i can expose him to that i i can't not hear these things so even what you yeah. just said I'm, I'm pulling on two of them right now <laughs> the first one is you use the word yet mm -hmm. and the yet is one of the more powerful um, words. It's one of the things, it's, it's the opposite of limiting, yep. right? It yep. is, it's like, I can't do this, but I'm going to be able to do this. And that's phenomenal. The other one you said though, was try mm. and try is a limiting word mm. um, where it's like, I'm going to try to do yeah, this. It's almost setting up like, Hey, yeah. I'm going to put a little bit effort in this, but yeah. the expectation is I'm going to fail. Half foot in. Half, yeah, you know, exactly. foot yeah, It's Yoda says there is yeah, no yeah, try yeah. do or do not. I like yep. I am, instead of saying like, I'm at home and I'm working with my kids and I'm going to make sure that in the future I may, you know, dot, dot, yeah. dot, dot, dot. It's these words like try and should, mm -hmm. also very limiting. Like, I should call my mom today. Yep. I should go to the gym today. I should really work on that project. I should start um, a business. Like, mm -hmm. you're, all you're saying is like, yeah, implicitly you know deep down that these are things that you um, would be beneficial if you were to undertake them, but you're almost implying by default that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying that, say like, I'm going to call my mom today. I'm going to start that diet today. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start that book that I've been wanting to, it flips the script. And all of a sudden you're committing to yourself that you're going to do this as opposed to like leaving the door halfway open and you yeah. may, you're, it's like, it's okay <laughs> yeah. if it doesn't happen. Yeah, love that. Um, before we get to the other two, um, cause, cause we haven't, we didn't say it specifically. When you, when you talk about limiting words, these are obviously words out loud and the ones you say to yourself internally. And how important is it, is either of those in this kind of this game of finding better words to replace them with? Yeah, I'm going to, um, it's really hard to control the words, the thoughts that are in your head. Okay. Like that's a, that's a, that's like, um, advanced class. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. for right that's, now, that's let's RX focus on, plus, yes, RX plus. Oh, that's more like uh yeah, competitors programming. Yeah, okay. <laughs> let's focus on the prescription. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the prescription right now is control the words that you're saying out loud that you're making promises to the universe. Got it. Cool. Love that. That's one of the reasons we have those white bracelets is yep. because we understand that if you can break the chain at what you're saying, all of a sudden then it reformulates the thoughts in your head. You can actually work your way backwards from this. It's a lot harder to start in your head. Mm. Okay, cool. Second one. Um, that, well, that, 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 literally, that was the second one, the should oh. and the try. You, you you pulled it out for me. Perfect. Perfect segue. It's like we put you in the <laughs> it's almost, audience. It's almost like this is my yeah. job. So we've have twos into get twos, yep. um, shoulds into wills, Perfect. tries into um yep. into I will. Um the last one is a little kind of different, and it's um, but I believe it is self-limiting. And that is when people um you're um you're in Starbucks. Uh, so like I tell you a story. Like I went to Starbucks. And um, I waited in line for 20 minutes and I got there and I ordered my Frocomabalapcino <laughs> with extra pump and room. I don't, I don't know. That's coffee. Yeah, yeah, I think you nailed it. Okay. And um, when it came out, they gave me the wrong order. Mm -hmm. And your response is, oh, that's the worst. The worst is so limiting because that's so not the worst. Mm -hmm. And when you do experience real tragedy and real adversity, 
like you're not set up for it because you've seen all these other little tiny bumps, these little parts of everyday life as you've labeled them as the worst. You're um, writing a text message to somebody and um, it's a really long one, like four or five sentences, and you get a call in the middle of it and erase your text message. Oh, that's so sad. Mm. Like, that's not so sad. That's just part of what happens. Sad things are like you losing a loved one, people getting sick. Like, there's sad things that happen, but let's not say like things are so sad or that's the worst when they're just not. Mm. If we can kind of control and really, I mean, like with the people that are close to you, don't let them get away with these things. Call them out on it. Someone says, oh, that's the worst. Like it's it's not the worst. Like it's kind of, I'm, I wish it didn't happen, but mm-hmm. there's things that are worse. Yeah. Like you can just have those conversations. When someone says like, I have to, like, I get it. I'm kind of annoying to be around, but I'll say like, <laughs> you don't have to do that. Like I was down the Cape with some friends and like I, the, he said, I have to take my daughter and her friends out on the boat. Mm-hmm. I was like, you don't have to do that. You get to. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, call it yeah. out. Like make, make your surrounding circle, the people you care about, let them realize the world of abundance we live in and don't limit yourself to these, these self-fulfilling words that are going to create an artificial bubble around your experiences. Yeah. Is this, is it a, a lot about um, just getting perspective? Is that, is that totally, I love the word, like, I, I love the word. So I love two of my favorite words I've come up with this year. Mm. It's weird that I have that. That's the way I think, right? <laughs> is perspective. Yeah. So perspective is, we talked about this a little bit. I think after the last podcast, maybe it was on the podcast. I can't remember. I don't remember. But perspective is um, when a moment happens, well, with enough space and detachment, uh, yeah. yep. right? Like you can figure out like, oh man, I wish I hadn't acted like that. Man, I wish I had said this. Man, I wish I, that guy cut me off in the, in, in the, um, in traffic for the third time in a row. And man, I wish I hadn't rear-ended him in a fit of rage. Like with enough perspective, you can see like, oh wow, I wish I had acted that way. Well, to me, the ultra successful and the ultra people that are really living their full life are the people that have that perspective in the present moment. Mm-hmm. They actually are living it in real time. Like that's hard, but the closer you can narrow that gap to maybe like in the beginning, it takes like somebody like you, you hear someone's talking crap about you in the office and you go off in a fit of rage and you send, send out social media chats and tweets. And all of a sudden now they, other people hear about it and it causes this bigger commotion. And then like three weeks later, you're like, ah, oh, man, I wish I hadn't gotten fired for that. Yeah. Well, if you can narrow that time from th- three weeks yeah. down to the seconds, yeah. that's, that's the ultimate. That's, power. What that's power. Yeah. The other word is intention, right? Mm. Which is if you can be fully intentional about everything, but mostly like what you're saying, how you're spending your time, where you're spending your time, who you're spending it with, what you're reading, what you're like, if you're super intentional about your training and your recovery and the way you're learning and growing and Man, if you can bring perspective and intention to everything you, that to me is a really powerful life. Got it. A little bit of a segue there. The next one is going to be three time-saving hacks. Okay. So like, um, again, like kind of bringing intention to like what we're doing, right? We want to be intentional with our time. That's a really nice segue. I'm glad I set that up like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The first one is what I believe is just um, 
I, I see it as, and I get it. I've talked about this before and I've gotten a lot of pushback on this because people are like, but it's email. Mm -hmm. I think email is the biggest waste of time. I really, really do. People have misused email. It's turned into something that it was not intended for. Email originally was a way to communicate when you couldn't communicate otherwise. Mm -hmm. So if I want to share with you a document or an article where I want to share with you something that I can't just pick up the phone and tell you about, that's when it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. That's what it's for. But to become this thing that like, hey, how's it going? Or like conversational where things are passed or you're CC'd on one of your like one of 50 people on this mm -hmm. thing. And it eats up like if people put together, I wish I had done the research before this to actually figure it out, but if people put together the amount of time that is wasted on email. Now, email is a great productivity tool that can help us as well, for sure. But the negative is massively outweighing the positive, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I believe there's a couple things we can do to help out our email. The first one is, um, and people that have emailed me recently have seen this, is... Um, <laughs> And this is where I'm going to get the pushback. People yeah. are going to say, like, you can do that because you yep. have, well, no, like, I'm as big, like, I've chosen to put myself in this position to, to be able to, I put up an autoresponder that basically says something along the lines of, like, you know, thanks for reaching out, um, but in an effort to focus on things that are um, really going to move the needle for me in the near future, I've chosen to step away from email in the short term. So there's a good chance I may not see this email. Um, so, so the lines, I will only be checking email once or twice a day. I'm sorry, once or twice a week. Very like Tim Ferriss-esque, yep. right? Like, yep. So the first thing is set up an autoresponder, letting people know that you might not get a chance to respond to this. Now, if you choose to respond to emails or not after that, kind of up to you, but it gives this kind of like... It's a filter. It's a filter. Yeah. And here's what I've seen. This has been in practice for me Remember when I started that? Maybe yeah, like a maybe, month ago? Yeah, maybe two maybe two tops. Two months ago? Yeah. Um, I used to get maybe like 70 to 100 emails a day. Just by putting that up, I only now get like 15 to 20, mm -hmm. which is... Strange, but yeah. Amazing, yeah. right? It's, it's actually causing people to think twice before they send it to me. Because mm -hmm. like, is he really going to yeah. like just... But, so that's just... Just alone, imagine if your email, put that up for a couple weeks and imagine if your email got cut in half. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it's like everything that you can possibly unsubscribe to, unsubscribe. Mm -hmm. Don't junk it, don't delete it, unsubscribe. A cluttered, anything is a cluttered mind. A cluttered closet, a cluttered garage, a cluttered um, work area, a cluttered inbox is a cluttered mind. You're gonna spend more time going through, trying to figure out this like David Allen getting mm -hmm. things done just having those things in your inbox is sucking up your time because you're trying to prioritize which one should I reach. I read that again. You end up reading them three times over and over again. That would be the first one is um, email. Is email. Yep. Um, what goes along with that, I'm just going to kind of put this, but I through email, I'm going to put this in the same category, is um, learning to say no through email. Mm -hmm. Like learning to say no is the most powerful time saver thing in the world. We have been ingrained to say yes, because we believe that we don't want to hurt people's feelings. I'm going to say this, like, this took me a long time to, because I'm a people pleaser and like, that's what I'm, I'm I want people to like me. Um, it was a very hard thing to realize when people ask you things, they're not expecting you to say yes. Mm -hmm. So if somebody asks you, um, if you can, um, if you're a gym owner and somebody says, 
um, we're doing this fundraiser. Can you do this in your gym? You saying no is totally fine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm contributing. You know, I'm um, um, I'm doing this auction. We're looking for people to contribute to it. You saying no is totally fine. You have to be so protective of your time. And every single time you say yes to that, you're by default giving someone, you're saying that their priorities are more important than yours. I'm a big believer in this. You know, there's a reason that when you're on a plane and they do that emergency action plan thing in the beginning, the first thing you're supposed to do when the the auction tanks drop down is put it over your mask. You have to take care of yourself before you can help anybody else. You have to protect your time before you can help anybody else. If you're always saying yes to everybody, well then where goes your time for self-development, reflection, growth, and all the learning that you can do? How are you getting better when you're trying to help everybody else? So learning the soft no through email. Um, Actually, have it, I, um, I'm going to read my soft no. I have sure. it up right here. Just awesome. it's, uh, I'm going to share this because um, when I started this, I was really nervous about yeah. it. Um, I've gotten so many compliments. So I say no to people and I get compliments back on this. Mm-hmm. I had a guy ask if he could put this in his book. Mm. So really kind of cool. I'm, I'm, awesome. So yeah. um, people reach out for whatever reason. Um, and I'll, I'll respond by saying, um, thanks for reaching out, Tom. I really appreciate you asking me to dot, 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 dot. Looks like you have a great thing going. Unfortunately, I'm going to decline the invitation at this time as I'm really trying to focus on a couple big projects I have coming down the pipeline. In the the near term, I've committed to narrowing my efforts and time on the essential few and giving a reluctant no to everything else, regardless of how fun, small, big, exciting, tempting they may be. Hope you understand. Best, Ben. Dig it. Did you model that off of anything? Um, There's elements of essentialism in there, but I don't know if you pulled it. I'm sure I stole it. Okay. it but you didn't. It wasn't like something you took. And I, made I, it for essentialism yourself. is probably where I got that from, especially yeah. since I said the essential field. That's kind of what I. It's probably yeah, where I triggered it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very cool. Those two, right? Uh, I'm going to call that email. I'm going to call that you know, that's one. Gonna be one. Okay. Yeah. So another one is um, a lot of people have a hard time trying to. Everyone knows the power of reading, yep. right? And never have a hard time finding the time to read, as do I. Yep. But at the same time, you know, I'm trying to read, you know, I try to read, you know, 25, 30, 45 books, you know, a year, you know, somewhere. The way to do that it's for me is, um, I mean, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer once you say it, but like, just make the choice that every single time you get in the car, it's your chance to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Car rides are not for entertainment. Car rides is learning. Yep. And if you do audiobooks, when you are in the car, even like the small short drives, you know, if you're driving, if I'm driving um, to the store to grab some milk or something like that, it's a s- three minutes there, three minutes back. I listen to the book, yeah. and at every single opportunity I'm in the car, it, what it does is it actually like gets me really excited for like hour and a half, hour and a half long car rides. Like yeah. I, I really get excited about them. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to go on a long car ride. exactly, and I get <laughs> to like read what this. Um, so right now I'm reading the subtle art of not giving yep. an F. Yep, Mark uh, Manson. Mark. It's Mark Manson. Yeah, Manson. yeah, yeah. Um, and the narrators. When you get one that's a good like reader, yep. it's awesome. Yeah. So he's awesome. He, like he doesn't read it. He has professional reader, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do read like regular reading, but in the car, like the audiobook thing, like Shoe Dog, yep. like awesome, From like narrated. Nike, uh, yeah, Phil, Phil Knight. Knight. Yep. He doesn't do it, but the narrator's awesome. Mm. 
Um, so when you get these good yeah, ones, it's funny how like that can be. It makes such a difference. Yeah. Um, subtle art of um, uh, not subtle. That's what I was gonna say. Um, uh, never split the difference. The um, it's um, Chris Voss, the Chris FBI Voss, yeah, negotiator. Yep. Um, the the reader is awesome. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool when you get like. It's really, it's like it, the education becomes entertainment mm -hmm. and it's a really cool Does it thing. Does it make you want to re-record Chasing Excellence? Yes. Or, or, totally. or pay, oh, pay no, somebody I, to do it? No, when I, when I, <laughs> right when I, as I was do, as I was doing the audiobook for mm -hmm. Chasing Excellence, I wanted to redo it. <laughs> I, as I'm doing it, I'm like, I really got to redo this right now. <laughs> not good self-talk. <laughs> yeah, very limiting yes. beliefs. So the time hack there is. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the voice thing. Voice is the biggest yeah. time. That's why voice is going to be the huge thing in the future yep. because it allows you to do something else. Handheld devices, mobile phones, as connected as we are to them and as, as ingrained in our society, they're going away. They're not going to be the thing because you can't they're do anything else. Yeah. yeah. So you're losing a hand, which now you can't do anything in your hand and you're losing your eyes. Mm -hmm. Well, once you lose a hand and you lose your eyes, like you can't do anything else. Yeah. Might as well be sitting somewhere. And, exactly. Yeah. You might, yeah, for sure. That's why the new thing is going to be voice yep. for sure. Because while I say, Alexa, play the Chris Va new Chris Voss book, mm -hmm. I can listen to the book and do the dishes. Mm -hmm. And I can be in the car and driving and I can be doing something else. And now I can multitasking. The one renewable, non-renewable resource that is the most valuable thing in all of our lives is time. Voice is going to give us time mm -hmm. because it allows us to do something while we're doing something else. So take advantage of audiobooks. Yep. Time hack number two. Got it. What's number three? Number three is um, to outsource the non-essential things in your life. Mm -hmm. So that would be for me, um, the biggest one there is I don't want to have to go through my mail. So it's like, this sounds like something that like is reserved for like, you know, yep. CEOs and high level executives and everything. I started doing this when like, you know, I was, I was not making a lot of money, mm -hmm. you know, but you can get somebody else to do this at a really low, you make someone minimum wage to open up your mail. Yep. And then from there, they chuck it, they organize it, they pay the bills, they do all that stuff. And think about if you never, like literally, if you did not have to open up a piece of mail for the next four months, how much time that would save you. You get the mail out of your mailbox, put it in a uh, uh, rubber band, and then hand it, put it in a little um, folder for someone else to pick up every day, and they sort through that. That is an admin assistant position, which could be handled by an intern at the lowest level, so you don't have to pay them at all. Get an intern from college, make them your executive assistant for the summer or for the semester, for the whatever it is, mm -hmm. free. Or I get it, like maybe you want to get a little bit more um, consistency. You hire somebody and you start off at minimum wage plus four or five bucks. Yep. And someone's like, well, I can't afford that. You could afford way more than that because what it's doing is saving you time. And figure out what your time is worth. If you're a personal trainer, mm -hmm. right? You don't own a gym, but you're a personal trainer. How much do you charge an hour? Most personal trainers charge somewhere between 50 and 100 bucks an hour. Well, if you get a personal assistant that is going to save you two hours a day by doing whatever it is or an hour a day, just an hour a day. Well, that's worth 50 to hundred dollars for you. If you pay them 25, you're making $25 an hour. You're actually making money because you can take on another client for that one hour. Figure out what your time is worth. If it's worth, if what you're going to pay someone is less than that, it's worth you buying that hour back. Got it. Cool. The last three is going to be three movies uh, for entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, 
That should be said. These aren't the three best movies. This isn't. Yeah, and I don't even know if these are. Let's 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 um, three things you can watch. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) for three things you can watch. Three things that are on your television. For um, yeah, for entrepreneurs, I'm not saying these are like the the must, but these are kind of ones that like kind of grab me that I kind of think about. Um, The first one is um, Hero Dreams of Sushi. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but but probably many episodes. It's awesome. It's on. I think it's on Netflix. it's about this um, entrepreneur in Japan, and he's like the world's greatest sushi chef. That's hard to say. So hard. Man. I think the last time we talked about it, we had that same conversation really? about it being so hard to say. I'm yes. not going to say it again. <laughs> anyway, to me, nothing personifies the the pursuit of excellence. And actually, the encapsulation of excellence. It's not even pursuit. Like He's got he's, it. He's, he's, it. The, he's yeah. there. Um, no one personifies excellence the way that he does. And I don't want to um, talk about it too much more other than um, the detail and the attention, the process, um, and the execution is so um, world-class. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be the first one I would I would suggest. The second one is also has to do with the restaurant. Um, I, I just think that the restaurants have so much parallel to what I do anyway. Yeah, I it's a totally service right. business. Yep. It's about, you know, creating an experience and a relationship, but you're also delivering a product, yep. you know, um, with an aim towards recurring. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's also like it's fed through word of mouth. Advertising doesn't really work that much. And it's the synergies are so much like you go into a hostess, you totally, go into the front desk, you go to like a lot of, so many synergies. Actually, what we do. For restaurants and coffee shops to me are very, very similar yeah. in, in how you can look at them as it, as, as it relates to totally. To so the other one is um, a Netflix series. It's a show called Seven Days Out, mm-hmm. and the premise of it is they follow a organization, a team, an individual seven days out from a monumental thing. Yep. So one of the ones they'll do is like NASA before a launch, or yep. seven days out from the Kentucky Derby, or seven days out from. Um, Didn't they do that that big dog dog show? It's yeah, one at Westminster to, dog Westminster. show. Yep. Yeah, yep. Um, but. I've watched a lot of them. Nothing really kind of like grabbed me the way that um, the one on um, 11 Madison Park does. Okay. 11 Madison Park got named the world's best restaurant. Months after they were named the world's best restaurant, they went through a complete renovation from the facility to the staff to the menu. to They flipped the script 100% and hmm. reinvented themselves again. Like that just, that by itself is so earth shattering. You are the best. And then they go, let's make it better. Yeah, That thought concept is so phenomenal. I just, I latch onto it so much. And again, these guys, um, it's so cool to see the attention to detail that goes into this thing. The thing that we take for granted, we go, but like um, the painting on the ceiling Mm -hmm. to the lighting to one of the things they do is when they serve a plate, on the underside of the plate, the thing that a customer will never see, there's a stenciled in um, logo of the restaurant. They always serve the dish with the logo exactly so if you were to flip it over, it would be read perfectly perpendicular to your body. Like those little things, right? It's like the attention, the excellence is so phenomenal. I just um, So it's 11 Madison Park, seven days out, also on Netflix. Okay. And that's a series you said, right? It's a so series, but that's an you know, episode inside I would, series. so here's, um, I loved it so much that I watched it three times within 24 hours. <laughs> um, I watched it because someone recommended it to me. Yeah. Um, 
my um, my daughter came home. I had her watch it, and then the next day I brought it to my staff. My whole staff watched it. Um, so um, I then got tried to get. I was like, they, I went to the next ones and nothing else. Kind of none of those other this spoke to you as much. Nothing spoke right. to me. Yeah. Okay. That's two. Um, the third one is um, the Defiant ones, mm. um, which is Dr. Dre and uh, the producer, media mogul. The other guy. Uh, Jimmy, v- Jimmy, Jimmy Ivey. Jimmy Ivey. Yes, yeah. thank you. So it's this combination of these two worlds of um, this kind of white guy from the 60s that worked with Tom Petty yep. and kind of Fleetwood Mac and yeah, like all those guys to this hip hop rapper from the 90s um, coming together and it's kind of their, their, their worlds running in parallel and the similarities, but like there's a huge gap between the two, right? Like how are these worlds going to collide? And it's the collision is basically like Jimmy Ivy walking down the beach past Dr. Dre's beach cottage. And then he's like, Hey, what's up, Dr. Dre? He's like, what are you working on? Dr. Dre's like, sneakers. I'm trying to make a new sneaker line. He's like, what the hell do you know about sneakers? Like (laughs) nothing, man. I know nothing about sneakers. He's like, you got to make some headphones. He's mm-hmm. like, all right, let's make some headphones. And they make beats. It's like, mm-hmm. that's literally, these guys are so like creative and flown. And it's these two parallel worlds coming together. Um, and how like you see like the, the creativity and the magic and the way these guys think outside the box and how they can like, um, so Jimmy Ivey, you know, is working with Gwen Stefani yep. and she's like, should be all on the track to start him. He's like, no, you got four years and you got to do this, this, and this. And she does it. And like four years later, after doing this, this, and this, like she hits, boom. Yeah. Um, he takes this Tom Petty song, which wouldn't work for Tom Petty and gives it to Fleetwood Mac girl. Um, I'm blanking on her name. Yep. I'm going to come to me in a second. Gives it to her. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like this huge, like major success. It's like this, like um, like Dr. Dre, all of a sudden, like, sees Snoop and he's like, Snoop Dogg comes up with these. And it's like yeah. just these amazing guys who like connections, connect out, yeah. search out talent. And I just, it's this really cool. I think the music industry um, also has a lot of similarities. Yeah. I like watching like, you know, Katy Perry documentaries yep. and like even like those things because it's a performance thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to go on stage like we do and deliver the same thing over and over and over again and make it feel really new and special for everyone that's there. Yeah. It's their first time. It's their best hour. Yes, you've coached five classes already today. It's the same thing. This is their first one. Yes, I know you've been on tour for eight months and you've done you know 37 shows in 37 different cities. This one, you got to bring it the same level you did before. So um, the, the parallels to our industry there as well is really cool. But then also... Um, the way that those two guys, the way they're businessmen and not just um, musical talents mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Yeah. You might really like a documentary <clears throat> um, called Songwriter. It's, it mm. came out a few years ago. It's on um, Ed Sheeran. Ah, um, really, cool. really interesting. The The first scene is uh, like the, the roar of the crowd. He had just come off the stage. We, we watch him walk backstage, you know, empty hallways, goes into a room, finds his producer who's been working on a computer, like mixing a song or working on a song during the course of the the concert. Ed Sheeran walks in and says, you done yet? And like, I just gave you two hours. You're not done yet. Like, and and immediately begins working, you know, sitting down, working with him on that song again. Um, really good documentary. I think I, I saw it on YouTube. I think somebody just ripped it, but you can find it anywhere. Songwriter. 
songwriter. I'm going to definitely check that out. Yep. Love it. All right, my man. That was our first three by three. I think that that was a success. I think we're going to do that again. Cool, man. All right. We'll see everybody next time. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.